Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, a trauma-informed spiritual mentor, certified meditation teacher, and human design expert. I'm empowering empaths three times a week in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse, childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. This is Season 5, Episode 46, Five Ways to Support Your Children Through a Divorce with a Narcissist. Daddy, Mommy says you don't love us anymore. You know, and it's like, does that feel right to you? Do you feel that that's true? I say, no, that's right. It's not true. Go with how you feel. And then, and the worst thing in that scenario also is that our children start to adapt unhealthy coping mechanisms. So that's another component of this importance of breaking these cycles. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional help. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Narcissists can drive you into such a mentally exhausted and deep depressive state that you can start to develop unhealthy coping mechanisms. I've been there. I tried to drown myself in alcohol. And when I left my narcissist, I found talk therapy to be extremely beneficial for me to process and identify that I was being abused. If you are having any thoughts of self-harm or life is meaningless, then I strongly recommend that you reach out for help and speak to a professional. This is why I specifically chose, out of all the sponsors, BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. It allows you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. Finding a therapist is easy. Just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs. And then you are matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Everything you see. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash empath. The link is in the show notes. How to take control and win against a narcissist in divorce. Fed up with being controlled by a narcissistic partner in your divorce, learn how to effectively take charge and ensure a fair outcome of yourself. In this episode with our guest, Bill and Kristen Miles. Bill and Kristen Noel are divorce coaches who help mothers take control of their divorce, get off the emotional roller coaster, and save precious time, money, and heartache for their family. Together, they founded Best Self Magazine and created Of the Best Self Intuitive Divorce Coaching Program. Bill is a holistic life coach, and Kristen is a certified intuitive life coach. Divorcing a narcissist can be difficult, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming, and that's what we're going to talk about today. With the proper steps, you can take to control the process and protect yourself from being taken advantage of by your ex narcissist partner, or I just recently saw in a group, your next narcissistic ex. So let's dive into the conversation today. Hello, Bill and Kristen. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited to dive into this conversation about taking control back of your divorce, especially with a narcissist. So I wanted to ask you how to take control and win against a narcissist in divorce. Do you think that 
one can win with a narcissist in divorce, first of all? Well, I think if you're divorcing them, you're winning. <laughs> I love that. Yes, you're already <laughs> right. Winning. I mean, let's face it. We we were we were thinking about that earlier. I mean, we deal with a lot of women. We work at this point predominantly with mothers who are navigating divorce, and we work with a lot of them who are divorcing narcissists. And while that is really tricky and adds a whole other layer of complexity. I mean, it's a hell of a lot more complex to stay in a relationship with a narcissist. So that's the good news. Yeah, I love that. I would, what's your take on it? You can win in any situation. I think the question is, how resolved are you? You know, our goal is to not make people be fierce bearers by any means, but it is to help people stand up for the values and what they consider to be fair and important to them and to be clear about that. So with a narcissist, our experience is that there's, you know, once a narcissist, always a narcissist, there's been a pattern that's been holding that mother back or playing small or in a dance, if you will, for a long time. You have to break that dance. So, and, and maybe it's more difficult with a narcissist. I don't, deny that that's the case, but absolutely. If you break the dance, it's all about stepping out into your own power, whether narcissist or not. So absolutely you can. That's what we're all about here is stepping into your own power. Yeah. Yes. Breaking free from that. Thank you for that encouragement. That's really, really, I don't want to say the word again, but empowering. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, thank you. So how did you two get into coaching mothers specifically through divorce? I think we both started to feel drawn in that lane of divorce, just knowing it's such such a time of upheaval, such a time, such a painful time. So, you know, it's like, do, do we always say divorce has a net that just is so far reaching, it just kind of scoops up every aspect of your life. And we just felt that there was a void and that there was a better way, having also experienced our own divorces and messy divorces with a lot of shrapnel on the other end of it and a lot of cleanup. And we just really recognized that there was a better way and that we wanted to be a part of that change, that it didn't have to play out this way. And I think, you know, I always laugh and say that we begin to, we gravitate towards the things we need to teach ourselves and that we need to learn. And I think having been through it, we really had a calling. We just really had a calling to mitigate those circumstances for other people. And it's really, I mean, I love the word, you can repeat the word empowering as many times as you want during this conversation, because <laughs> it's one of my most favorite words. Mm -hmm. Because as we say, when you walk beside someone as a coach and you see them reconnect to themselves and to their power, that's a slice of grace. It really is. And right now we're primarily focused on working with women just because initially we said, we're going to, you know, this is for, this program is for everyone. Well, I think it's hard to get men and women in, into the room together. I think women want to work with women and men want to work, you know, when you're going through divorce, <laughs> eventually <triggering>. yeah. <laughs> we do have plans of evolving this program into like having a branch for men, for conscious men out there who want to navigate divorce differently and show up for their kids. So that's a goal. 
that's a that's yeah. a goal down the road. But we had to sort of like pick a lane, and we said, okay, let's let's just dive right into mamas and their babies. Hmm. Yes, mama bears. And I'll say that the part of the origin of this program also was the roots of Best Self Magazine, which we founded about ten years ago, nine, ten mm-hmm. years ago, which is in the space of holistic health and conscious living. But our whole mission there is to really help people discover their power and overcome adversity in all walks. So this is like a, a narrow niche of that best self mission. Yeah, so absolutely. Kind of grew from that. But we'll talk a bit about your magazine yeah, in a sure. bit. I, I looked up that and I was like, ooh, love it. Love all this content. This is great. You talked about shrapnel and things happening in your own personal divorces. Did you have children that kind of caught a bit of that shrapnel? And after the commercial break, can you talk to how a mother can protect her children through divorce. Now, when I am in a state of positivity, in a state of joy, happiness, courage, I'm vibrating at a higher frequency of 200 hertz to 500 hertz. It means I'm going to attract the things which is more positive, which is more helpful to me. And definitely meditation helps you to increase your vibrational frequency. And, you know, it is going to make your mind definitely calmer. I am hosting tomorrow, Sunday, and every Sunday following that, a live guided meditation, good morning and manifest peace on the Luvo app. So if you don't have it, it's free. Go to the App Store, Google Play, download the Luvo app, and then join the live session tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time to join my guided meditation. Can't wait to see you there. When you search Empath and the Narcissist on Amazon for materials to read, what do you find? A whole bunch of pages full of the same title, Um, Empath and the Narcissist. hmm. So how do you determine which book is the one to read? Well, that's up to you. But all I can tell you about my book is it shares snippets of my story of how I didn't always exude confidence. I didn't always have the peace of mind. On the contrary, I emitted a sense of insecurity that was palpable. I people pleased everyone at the expense of my own health. I hated myself and I lashed out when I couldn't take it anymore. And in my book, I relate to you, dear empath, so you can read the words and know that you're not alone. That is the main goal of the book. The second goal of my book is to give you tools that I use to find my strength, to leave the narcissist, and to heal and be on the complete other side of the dark abyss. I am meant to be here on earth to help you heal and transform from your trauma from being a survivor to a thriver. You gain healing exercises at the end of each chapter. It's a guidebook to heal your childhood trauma. It has effective somatic healing exercises. It has astrology and how to understand and know your true authentic self with a human design chapter, giving you a brief overview of the human design 101. If you wish to feel alive again and take back the power in your life, then scroll up and click the link in the show notes to listen on Audible or buy your hard copy or paperback on Amazon today. And by the time you get to the end of the book, you're going to be wondering, what exactly does my human design chart 
say about me. Grab your human design unique blueprint reading on a call with me to help you identify how magnificent you are and how unique your energetic blueprint is here and how much you are needed for your impact. That in the link in the show notes at ravenscott.show forward slash shop. Can you talk to how a mother can protect her children through divorce? Sure. Well, I'll let Bill speak for himself, but we're a blended family. I had, I have one son and, and it was a messy divorce. I think, I think I just didn't, you know, this was 18 years ago for me and there just wasn't access to the same information. There weren't divorce podcasts and social media and programs and, you know, digital content like there is today, thank God. So there was a lot of like on the job training and a lot of, you know, just a lot of missteps. And I think, you know, just speaking for myself, I, f- I think that like, you know, especially for mamas, you know, you've got your kids and you've got to remember that they're like sitting in the front row, they're in this house, they're in this family unit, whether you're speaking to them about it or not speaking to them about it, they're feeling it. They're witnessing it. They're seeing it. You're modeling for them. What is a relationship? How do we navigate adversity? Uh, and, and I think that probably one of the biggest mistakes is when parents just can't get out of the way and keep the kids out of the conflict. And that is a really hard thing to do. It takes a lot of conscious effort, but you do want to shield your children. You want to shield them from having to pick a team, to just be involved in the volatility and, you know, depending on what's going on in the house. That's not to say act like everything's rainbows and unicorns, right? And that like life is a Disney movie because they're going to feel it anyway. It's just that when you're unraveling in your own emotions or your feelings, you know, save that for your coach, save that for your girlfriend, save that for your, your you know, your friend, you know, your friends and family. Don't dump um, it on the kids, essentially. Yeah, don't dump it on the kids. And also, I mean, you want to be able to talk to them. It's okay to show your kids like mom's having a really crappy day, you know, or that you're upset, but you know the difference as a mom, you know the difference of like, what's okay to show them and what's too much for them to handle. And you also know your kids, you know, their stress level and you know how they process something, you know, that they're going to have a hard, you know, you've got to be aware of like, what is the impact on them? Are they having a hard time sleeping? Are they acting out? So what happens a lot of times is that people will rush into like, first things first, got to get a lawyer. You know, they rush into like, got to get the, you know, get the contract and got to get the money and got to get the house and got to get this and that and the other. And they think that these other aspects can be saved for later. I'll clean that up later. I'll deal with that later. The kids will be fine. Just, you know, go put them in front of the TV or something. You know, it just, it's not, you can't do that. You just can't do that. In the end, and, and again, every situation is different. Every family unit, every kid, how the family processes things is different. But oftentimes kids, you know, they hear their parents screaming or fighting or arguing or whatever. It's really frightening for them. If things aren't really explained to them, um, it can be far worse for them in their imagination. You know, it's kind of like the boogeyman under the bed. We have to talk to our kids. They are a part of this. We have to, you have to consciously navigate them through it. Otherwise, it sort of plants seeds 
of things that maybe you don't want to grow <laughs> and that you're going to deal with at some point. And we both kind of experienced that. I'll let Bill fill in from there because I think this is more applicable to his situation. So I had, we both got divorced around the same time about 19 years ago. For me, I had three children that were young, now young adults, they're all in their 20s at this point. So I've been able to witness how they have matured through the various stages of development and into adulthood. And they're still processing the, you know, the shrapnel, if you will, the fallout from the divorce today, yeah. right? So it really does impact them. That has The tale is huge. It's for the rest of the life, really. That's why it's so important to be mindful of it now in the moment when you're going through it. But one of the big problems that many mothers face and many parents face that I faced was having an ex that wanted to try and shape the emotions of the kids, tell them how they should feel, how they should Manipulate feel about me, how they should word, feel right? about divorce. That's What's a that? Good word. Manipulate. <laughs> he okay, was so yeah, kind well, well, about that, how that you said it shape. Right. Yeah, manipulate. Yeah. Right. How to <laughs> manip you know, man manipulating their emotions. And that is very, very damaging. It's one thing to express an opinion. And of course, I would always advise any parent to not disparage the other parent in front of the children. That's rule number one. That rule got broken every day in our world, unfortunately. And the kids suffered for that. But also, they didn't have a safe space to feel, to express their feelings. If they, for example, wanted to express that they cared about dad, that was shut down and admonished and they would be literally punished for expressing that in their home. And so that kind of thing is very, that, that's abuse. It's emotional abuse. It's very damaging. So you have to allow kids to feel what they feel regardless of your sentiments about it. Now that doesn't so many, mean you have to tolerate behavior patterns that are disruptive. Go yeah. ahead. So many, I mean, I, I'm listening to this and knowing so many listeners right now are relating to that story of the other person, the narcissist specifically, is always turning your child against you, right? They have to be the hero, the good person. They're always covering up their bad. Yep. How did you handle it as on the receiving end, right? As that other side with your children to kind of balance that out? It's really difficult. You have to, well, you have to. I chose to really focus on the high road which is not easy to do. And it sounds all maybe pompous and pious to do that, but it's, it's really a mind, it's a, it's a very mindful approach. It's like, I'm not going to go down in the trenches. I'm not going to sling mud back. I'm just not going to do it. There were times when my kids would say, dad, why do you let her treat you like that? Why don't you fight back? Mm -hmm. And I would say, for you. I said, because that's not going to help you. It's not going to change anything if I do, and it's not going to help you. Yeah. And see, they, they already saw it while it was happening. Yeah, right? they so absolutely saw we it. We have to give our children a lot of credit that even though in the moment when they're with the, the other partner, they may have kind of been sold on that agenda, but then they come into your presence and they're like, this doesn't feel right. That doesn't line up. And so then they can start to see what is real and what is not. Yeah. Who is safe? You, you just not. nailed it. You just nailed it. Mm -hmm. They would come but, to, to my home sometimes after on a you know, visitation and I don't just have to unpack all this stuff. And they say like, daddy, mommy says you don't love us anymore. 
you know, and it's like, does that feel right to you? Do you feel that that's true? They say, no. I said, okay, that's right. Yeah. It's not true. Go with how you feel. And then, and the worst thing in that scenario also is that our children start to adapt unhealthy coping mechanisms. And you know where that leads is to unhealthy relationships. And the cycle continues because we attract what we know, what we're comfortable with, what we grew up with. So that's another component of, you know, really this importance of breaking these cycles or at least speaking to your kids. It's not going to be like, even if you lose it one day and you're screaming in front of your kids, maybe not. um, Okay. It's not great. You're not going to feel good about it, but you as a parent can then go in. It's an opportunity and say, Hey, you know what, buddy, can I sit, can I sit you down and just talk about that? Like, I wasn't really happy how I showed up about that. And I want to apologize to you. And I want to explain, you know, X, Y, and Z. And obviously it's got to be age appropriate and something that's, you know, something that they can, you know, little, we say like age appropriate nuggets, but that also empowers your child. It makes them safe. It validates them. Their feelings matter. Their voice matters because invalidated children grow up into invalidated people and partners and, and, you know, and this cycle continues. So it's really about, you know, I mean, of, of course, narcissists, there's only one person in the house and only one person's feelings that matter. But the key is to shift that because a family unit is made up of a family, a feeling family and everyone's everyone's voice matters. Your, your point is well taken, though, you know, and how do you deal with that? Because you can only control what happens on your side of the street, right? Yeah. Do you so feel like that's gonna... enough? Like, I, I hear people going like, I'm doing all I can, but then I, I'm out of control over on the other side where I'm sending them over to the narcissist and they're destroying their self-esteem and their self-worth. Is my love and my anchor for them, is that enough to be able to get my child through this? It has to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It has to be. <laughs> you got to double Take down on hope. it. Yeah, yeah it has to be. But, mm-hmm. and, you, and there also is a certain acceptance that you have to have that, you know, our children have their path too, right? And I can only control my side of the street. Although that can have an impact when you start pulling yourself from the dance that maybe you've had with them for years and years, they can start changing their behavior too. It doesn't always happen, but it can. We've seen it happen where they're like, oh, getting mad at her doesn't seem to work anymore. Maybe I'll just shut up or something, you know, and okay, that's better than it was before, but it may or may not happen. But even if you, even if those kids have space to, you know, to be, to feel what they feel on one side of the street, that's a lot better than nowhere, right? Yeah. And they start piecing it together. As they become that's what adults. I was just going to say. There's another part of this that's yeah. really important, which is also allowing your kids to figure things out on their own. That's what this, you know, Bill refers to the high road. I call it the hard road because you're not going to necessarily be validated right away. It, it might be a long-term thing where suddenly you turn around and just say to yourself, I'm really glad I handled this situation this way. It could be a couple of years down the road. But when you start to witness that your children are safe with you, expressing themselves, being able to communicate with you, and they're beginning to make their own 
decisions and to see things for themselves. It's just like anybody else. We don't want to be told how to feel. We don't want to be told how to process something. We want to be safe enough to feel and process our own feelings. And that's the gift you're giving your children. And that is, you know, that's immeasurable. And I'll give you an example of when I say that, you know, your children have their own path. I have a son who now is 27. He, he suffered perhaps the most going through divorce. He was the middle child, but just for various reasons, he didn't fit into the box of our particular community, school system, his mother's wishes, whatever. And he has made it kind of his life's work to, to heal and figure out life. He is a yogi. He's a philosopher. He reads voraciously. He's on a mission to kind of figure this all out. And I know if he had not suffered the anguish and the trauma that he had, it would be a different path for him. I can't say better, worse, doesn't matter. The point is, it does guide you someplace. And in his case, it guided him to a place of discovery and learning and helping other people. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's the hardest part is like relieving the control of what you expect already in just a normal, you know, parent-child relationship. Then you have this added conflict of like, you want them to not suffer how you did. And I also can see how you could blame yourself for getting together with this narcissist. And now you've made, you know, you put your child in danger. You're beating yourself up about it. Mm -hmm. I had a question about the unhealthy coping mechanisms for children. It reminded me of somebody that I know and her child is going through a really, really difficult state right now. Um, Teenager. Is there... As that healthy person, what is the best way that you can help when you see the signs that your child has unhealthy coping mechanisms? Give some examples. Just be specific. Okay. Be specific. Let's say this particular child is really struggling with self-worth, is like has eating disorders due to the narcissistic parent berating them for like they need to be doing so many sit-ups a day and like they get punished if they don't perform properly in their athletic endeavors. How is the healthy parent, right? How, how can that healthy parent, being that anchor and being that voice of reason and holding safe space, is there anything additional for that parent to do other than just to continue what they're doing yes. and holding on to hope, like to help that child pull out and pull away from that narcissist brainwashing? Yes. And it, of course, it depends on the age of the child. But I think that part of our job, really under any circumstances, is to empower our kids to shape the destiny that they have with the other parent. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we have clients that maybe their kids are young and well, we have one in particular, the child likes to have like an organ, likes to be on time, right? Likes to, but when he's with one parent, that parent always is late for things. That child gets stressed out, getting to school late, all this sort of stuff. So we advised our client who is a little more time organized And I'm not really passing like judgments or pointing fingers, but in this case, you know, empower your son to when he's with his other parent, you know, in this case, a mom say, look, I want to be organized. I want to get to school on time instead of just, you know, speak up. What is it that you want? Can I get my clothes out early tonight? I want to be on time. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, it stresses me out. So sometimes kids are afraid to speak up about what they want. On an older level, like if it has to do with weight and so forth, maybe it's like empowering your your child to say, hey, 
dad, mom, whatever. It's really disturbing. It's not helpful when you, you know, when you say these things. I know what the goal is. I know what it is you want. But this is not, you know, berating me is not a helpful way. Demanding that I, you know, do 20 push-ups or sit-ups on the floor, you know, is not really helpful. Mm-hmm. So I would I add think- to that. I, I would really say that, that it's, it is critical to help your child find their voice. Yeah. And that's a gift. And that's the, and that's like, kind of like, if we get stuck in the mindset, like, I've got to, you know, send my child over to the narcissist, you know, and it's going to be awful. And it's like, okay, so like to Bill's point, let's seize the opportunity in this and say like, okay, well, I know what I'm doing on my side of the street. I know that I'm going to work really hard to have conscious communication with this kid. And I am going to work so hard to make that child feel safe to express himself or herself. And in doing so, give them their voice and make sure that they just keep reminding them that they have the power, just reiterating what Bill said, they have the power to express to the, that parent. And I know that's hard. It's It puts the child in a difficult situation, especially if the child is really wanting and craving this relationship with the other parent. But still, it's a life skill. We need to learn to defend ourselves, to, to speak our needs and to also put up boundaries and say, this isn't okay. And, you know, if this child is a teenager, I don't know how dramatic it is. And I don't know how the kid feels about the other parent, but they also have a voice to say, I don't want to go over there. I don't want to be there on weekends. I don't want to, I, you know, I feel like, you know, hell when I go over there. Yep. And I think that that's something to really pay attention to. Again, going back to the high road and the, and the hard road, you might be, if you're that other parent dealing with a narcissist, you might be the one working double time, triple time, quadruple time to protect your child and to put those bumpers around them. But just, you know, try to seize the opportunity in it of like saying, I'm okay, I'm going to give them, I'm going to try to impart the skill set upon them that I didn't have. I didn't have because I'm in this marriage with that person. Right. I'm going to yeah, do what exactly. I can to protect you, but I'm also going to, I'm going to give you the tools to protect yourself and, and pray to God that you don't end up in a relationship with a narcissist. So that's, yeah. that's kind of a way of like, also like uh, just switching, you know, re, we call it a reframe, just, you know, it's a reframe of how we do, are you going to keep yourself in a story? I'm in a divorce with a narcissist. I'm in a divorce with a narcissist. And this is what it looks like. Cause at a certain point, guess what? The, you, you can unplug that electrical current. And, you know, it's, it's like we say, there's like, it takes two to tango. Well, if one doesn't walk out on the dance floor, there's no dance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Empowering the voice. Mm-hmm. I'll also say that there's, there's a, you know, it's a big gray area. I'm a narcissist. Mm-hmm. He's a narcissist, whatnot. It doesn't mean he's an evil person necessarily. Sometimes they can be, you know, really, disruptive, problematic, angry, maniacal, mad. Sometimes they just lack the awareness. You know, we have, they're not clients, but they're friends. Um, He is definitely a narcissist. She, and they have four, four kids. She just had to draw a line. I cannot stay married in this relationship, but they've managed to remain friends and part of each other's lives 
and the husband still spends time living. I mean, when he comes to visit, he'll stay at the house altogether sometimes. And I'm not saying that that's not easy and there aren't triggers, but the point is, even in the context of, you know, being with a narcissist, she said, I cannot be married. We cannot be living together. I can still love you. You're still welcome in the home. And I want to encourage your relationship with the kids. So it's, but every relationship is different. Yeah. There's a scale. There are narcissistic traits. There's true NPD. There's like borderline psychopath. We've got, we've got a whole slew of rainbow of people we're dealing with. (laughs) None of which are fun. None of which are fun. Yeah. Even if you're not even a narcissist, like we all have narcissistic traits and especially through divorce, all these things come out and they get triggered and you're defending yourself and you want this and you're like your little inner child selfishness comes out. And those sound like those are all like the worst ways to kind of go about divorce versus what we have been talking about as the best way, the better way to go about divorce. Have, I, have we missed anything in what is the better way to, to go through a divorce? Well, sure. There, there are a few other areas for sure. One, one of them, honestly, is about just honoring yourself, tending to yourself, to your own self-care whatever that is. Maybe that means exercising more. Maybe it means taking walks in nature. Maybe it means taking a break and reading a book. But just, we just find so many mothers going through divorce that they're already programmed to put their kids first, but it's like on, you know, steroids when the divorce is happening and they just feel like they don't have the bandwidth or that it's being selfish or both to honor themselves and take care of themselves in the process. But what we find and why we encourage this is that when you do that, everybody wins. When you are in a more calm and healthy place, you sleep better, you are showing up better for your children, for your job, for divorce negotiations, for handling situations, you're less triggered. Mm -hmm. So that's something that everybody can do a better job wherever you're at in the self-care realm is to just... Yeah, to, to that point also, it's like people often think that self-care is just this like fluffy buzzword on the cover of a magazine. And it's like, I, I'll, you know, I'll get to that later. And But what we really hone in to our clients is that it's actually strategic. It's very strategic. It's not, uh, it's just not about yoga retreats in Costa Rica. This is really about, like Bill says, getting on a foundation, solid footing, because we all know when you're frazzled and you've been up all night, you know, to have to go and make a decision or your, your kids ask you one more question, you're just going to, you know, it's not the footing you want to be on to make these, you know, enter into negotiations or to deal with your children or just to show up for yourself and, and your long-term health. So sometimes people think that this sounds like more work, but it's actually about strategy. I love that. Preparation and strategy. I'm thinking of a Zen. I'm thinking of stoicism. And it's like those are crucial to have those mm-hmm. practices so that you can show up to, let's say, your phone, right? Like they mm-hmm. are texting you about custody swaps and yada, yada. That's triggering. You don't know when you really want to talk to your narcissist, but you have to. Or mm-hmm. they're starting to manipulate time or, you know, controlling you through the children. Like you have to remain stoic. You have to remain grounded to be able to consciously handle that. I can, I can imagine. You know, to be able to take charge. 
Another thing we uh, that a term we use all the time is become the CEO of your divorce. And that's not about, you know, you don't have to be, you know, a leader in a corporate, you know, role. It's about understanding that you're making critical decisions that are going to impact your life and your kids' lives for years to come. And you really want to be at the head of the table. And that doesn't mean that you don't have other people where you seek advice and counsel and attorneys and financial people and but what it means is that it's got to run through a filter. It all comes back to you. And you sit there and you look at this information and say, is this aligned with how I want to show up in the world? Am I going to feel proud of myself if I make this decision or I make this choice? Am I making this for the right reasons? Will I feel good you know, down the road when my kids ask me a question and I say, I did this, 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 you know, or, you know, because at the end of the day, Everybody else that's helping you with all their opinions and what you should be doing and how you should be handling it, they go back to their lives. And you're the one that's going to be left with the ramifications of these choices. And if you don't design how this unfolds, it will get designed for you. Yeah, the narcissist will take full control of that design. Yes. Mm -hmm. Good point, Mm -hmm. Bill. Yeah. It doesn't mean you'll always get what you want, but you've got to try for it. You've got to strive for it. And one of the first steps of that is to get clear about what it is you want. And one of the, well, literally the very first thing we take on our client journey is we take them through what we call the divorce declaration, which is crafting this, this document where really unpack what it is you want. Oftentimes, these mothers have never even given thought to this, you know, and it's not, it's about so many things. It's, it's, yes, it's about maybe custody and division of assets and so forth, but it's really about what the tone and the tenor is that you want in the house. What do you want for your kids? What do you want for yourself? Mm-hmm. It really goes deeper. And yeah, especially for women who have been married to narcissists yeah. because they have been likely invalidated for a very long time. Yep. And put and themselves just, on the it, back burner, right? And it's like, yeah. as long as he's not yelling or doing whatever, like I'm happy. Yeah. But it's like through that divorce, you have to really take that power back and say, no yeah. more. I'm not compromising anymore. And you know what? Right? The other thing, I think you said something earlier, Raven, about sort of beating yourself up, mm-hmm. right? A lot of women mm-hmm. end up beating themselves up. I always say to them, look, you know, we get here as fast as we can get here. We get here when we get here. We see it when we're ready to see it. We're, we see it when we're ready to heal it. Yeah. You know, don't beat yourself up. Actually, give yourself a pat on the back to say, like, there was a lot of stuff I wasn't ready to see back then, or there was a lot of stuff I didn't see, or I wasn't ready to face. But you're here now, and that's the only thing that matters. The only thing that matters is right here, right now, what am I going to do with this? Now you know it, now you see it. You might be scared to death, but seeing and and declaring that you no longer want to be in relationship with a narcissist is huge. Yeah. It's huge. And don't worry about the past. Yeah. You know, we can't change the past. Yeah. I love that. It's it is huge and some people never wake up to it, you know, and and I think our Many current people. Gen X generation is finally like, "Okay, we're done. We're not going to deal with it." So just waking up sooner is a lot. Yeah, you've already won. Like you said at the very beginning, right? You've already, yeah. You're divorcing a narcissist. You've already <laughs> exactly. won. You've won. You're already won. Like, but you know what the thing is? We forget to collect our little wins along the way because 
go, when you're in divorce, you don't feel like anything is winning. You don't feel like, hey, this is great, you know, but <laughs> it's because of how we frame it. Because if we're, if we're just looking at it like, oh my God, look where my life is. Everything is a desert. I'm such an idiot. How could I have been with him? Why did I, you know, we've all, we all do that, right? That, 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 you, but you've got to pull the rec, you know, the needle from that record. Because the fact of the matter is, is that something led you to here. And now you have the courage to see it, to deal with it, to heal with it, to heal it and to move on. And now you can write your new chapter. And it doesn't, ha- and you can leave the narcissist behind. So it's really important no matter what's going on. And this is very best selfie, but it's true. Look for the little wins. Look for the win. You know, even if you're having a bad day, like Bill and I were talking about this the other one, one of like the easiest strategies for parents going through divorce and, you know, having this horrible day is like, just take a page from your, your kid's playbook. It's like, be in the present moment. Because if you can just like, pull yourself out of whatever reel you're playing continuously and just shift and hit into the present moment with your kid. It's like a life hack. You know, it interrupts that regular scheduled program. Speaking of interrupting the regular program, just going to hop back into this commercial break and share with you how you can dive deeper into a community of empaths healing from narcissistic abuse, meeting in our monthly circles, gaining meditations through the Patreon, and additional information on your human design chart. So head on over to the Patreon and join now for only $8.25. Of the negative program, yes. You you don't layer on all the junk of the past. You're not future tripping about what it all means. Mm. It's just, yeah, just be present. I love that. And if you string a lot of these just present moments together where you're actually you can can be happy and, and sit in peace then you've created a more peaceful life than you had before in the big picture yeah setting up a good foundation for your children yes. to have an awakening yes. moment and to transform and to heal and learn their lessons from this mm-hmm. yeah so before we end i wanted to ask you guys about your magazine you've had some amazing in- influencers on there i read lewis howe's article Love Danielle Laporte, read her article as well. What is one of your favorite quotes or takeaways from one of those? Mm. It's, it's hard to pick because, well, we're really fortunate to have been able to co-create with these incredible thought leaders. Yeah. Danielle Laporte, I'm a huge, huge fan of Danielle Laporte. I feel like her voice, the voice of compassion and self-love and and evolution. She's I, listening to her is like going to church. You know, <laughs> I know. I, I would think that probably the the biggest takeaway that I had meeting her was when we interviewed her. She had just written the Desire Map, and it was really oh. about becoming clear about what you want, which sounds so obvious. But half of these things sound so obvious and simplistic that that's why they get bypassed because we think we know it, we know it, we know it. And the one question that she asked is, how do you want to feel? And I literally had that painted on a paperweight on my desk. How do you want to feel? And understanding the connection of how do I want to feel and what action steps am I taking to feel that way? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. that is super, super empowering. So I think Just that's like what you're talking about with the pulling the the needle off the record, right? Yeah. How do you want to feel yes. in that moment? You know, it's it's the it's the self awareness. Like 
when you can become self-aware, when you can witness yourself, like it's okay. We're in this human experience. Life is messy sometimes, right? It's it that's it. Nobody gets nobody's immune from it. You're gonna hit those roadblocks, you're gonna have those hiccups. It's just being aware of yourself. And it's like, oh, that I'm being triggered again. I'm spiraling into X, Y, and Z. Just bringing that self-awareness into it, reminding yourself, how do I want to feel? What can I do in this moment? I may not be able to change the big picture, but I can change something in this moment. I can shift something that will pull me out. It caused the ripple effect too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really powerful. And I would say with Lewis Howes, mm-hmm. what was exciting about working with him is that here's this successful, young, handsome football player like guy. And he had just published his book, The Mask of Masculinity, mm-hmm. which was music to my ears because it was about unmask. It was the conscious male, right? Unmasking uh, all the things that we keep hidden. And for, for Lewis, you know, he, there were many things that he felt, you know, he spent his whole life ashamed of and keeping hidden and involved some sexual abuse. And, and he spent so much time and so much effort and energy hiding that, that, you know, that takes so much of your energy and life force. And suddenly one day he realized the thing which he was trying to hide so much was actually his superpower and was able to you know, similar to what we're doing. It's like make meaning from the mess. Like he took this and, you know, wrote this book and outed himself. And I feel like, I feel like where does it compare? You know, how do we associate that for all of us? It's like, we all wear masks. We wear masks. Like how do we show up in the world? How do we want people to perceive us? Why is this exterior so important? And what's really going on inside? And the hiding doesn't make the pain go away. So I think the un, the notion of unmasking is really powerful. And this Especially- is a, a process that shows up in the divorce as well. If you are going to do the work to use divorce as an opportunity for growth, mm-hmm. part of that is unmasking yourself, revealing, getting honest with what you've been hiding, where you've been playing small what you've been accepting that you're not going to tolerate anymore, who you really are that maybe you haven't been for years, right? So it really relates. I love that. It's like not victim blaming at all, but it's taking responsibility for going into the past, going into your childhood, maybe even going into a past life. Like why is this karmic journey keep reiterating? And it's, never a pointing outwards. It's always like you can only control what you control. So it's within you and taking the power back in your divorce is the same exact thing and being that anchor for your children. Yeah. I'm going to take it even a a step further, like a little, it might sound a little woo woo to some people, but I think that especially I know the volatility of like dealing with a narcissist, but like to even imagine that down the road, you could even look back and thank that person Thank you for your, thank you for your service. (laughs) Thank you, you know, for your service. Yeah, I had just recorded in in February and produced an episode on this. Episode 19 in this season five, five ways to rebuild your life after narcissistic abuse and rise up from echoism. We talked about that. Yeah, because had I not gone through my divorce, 
I would not be where I am today. I would not be with Bill. We wouldn't have created Best Self. We wouldn't be coaches. We wouldn't have this beautiful divorce program. So when, you know, you can't have that hindsight view yet. But if you can imagine that this is working for you instead of to you, and that it is, and, and that you are brave enough and strong enough and courageous enough to look at your own stuff, this divorce can be a massive, massive opportunity and you get to write the next chapter. You don't have to be a victim to that. So that's why I say let's, we should just circle back to the win. It's like, it's a win if you're divorcing a narcissist. (laughs) Yes. And that also brings up that one word we'll conclude on this one word is cycle breaker. If you're so concerned about your children, really owning and changing the patterns within yourself is going to help your children change the patterns within themselves. And absolutely, I love Cycle Breaker. That's a fabulous. That is spot on. And you know, when you when you have children, like I always feel like I was really grateful that I was a mother going through divorce because I think that had I not my had my child to focus on and to see, you know, across the room, I might have just wallowed more in that victimhood. Yeah. I might have, you know, been curled up on the sofa crying and feeling sorry for myself. Whereas when I looked across the room and I saw my little boy, I was like, you know what? He doesn't deserve to have his life mired by the events of this situation. Like I want more for him. And so I'm really thankful. I always say my son saved me, mm. you yeah. know? And so there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful way you can lean into your children, learn from them and validate them, give them their voice, and they will feel, they will feel so empowered. They will feel really proud of themselves that like, you know, it's not like, you know, obviously in the context, you're not going to be like sharing everything with them, but there is a really beautiful way for a family to go through this together. That's so hopeful and empowering. Thank you so much for that. Share with us again, you've been mentioning your coaching and any freebie or offers that you have, how we can connect with you. Well, We've got, I mean, the best way to learn about our work is to go to our website, which is bestselfintuitivedivorce.com or intuitivedivorce.com. We'll get you there. And there is a free masterclass there where we train anybody, any mother who wants to watch that on what we call the five steps to take control of your divorce and get off the emotional roller coaster so that you can reclaim your power and save time, money, and heartache for your kids and you. So I think, you know, if anybody, if this resonates with anybody and they want to dive deeper, that masterclass is a good first start. Um, So they can find that there with ease. We also have an Instagram and a Facebook and so forth, but you can get all those links at our website. Okay. On your website. Perfect. Yeah. We'll link your website in the show notes. So just go on to the, swipe the picture up. It'll be in the show notes there. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your wisdom and being here, Kristen and Bill. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. And, And thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you. So there you have it. You can win when divorcing a narcissist and you already have one because you are divorcing a narcissist. Number two takeaway that I had was you are the anchor for your children. You are the cycle breaker. And you will help them reshape the patterns in their own life with all of your self-care that you do. Step number three, make sure you're doing your self-care and your, your growth mindset and your emotional growth exercises. 
so that you can help them when they are in need and they will see, you know, you will guide them to see the truth versus telling them like the narcissist does. And helping your children really is the, and, and that self-care and grounding and anchoring within your, your practices to help you be as zen and prepared and stoic as possible that's going to help you win in the divorce. That's going to help you win in your relationship with your child. And it's going to help your child win because you, you are focusing on what you can control and you're pulling yourself out of the victim cycle and out of the negativity from the narcissist. And you will be pulling your children out of that quicksand as well by doing all of those practices that are really essential and necessary that I offer and I share exclusively in the empath healing community. And to be honest, all of those exercises are in my book. So make sure you check that out on the website, ravenscott.show, and the link to our guest is in the show notes. If you want a personal help in gaining clarity, your authentic power back, and healing to be rid of the narcissist for good, join our empath community. You receive weekly inspiration and strategies to heal from narc abuse and understand your unique human design energy blueprint. And as soon as you're in, I'll gift you your human design reading with your type, strategy, and inner authority. So join now and get your reading within 24 hours. I am so stoked. Had two amazing coaching calls this week and just wanted to put it out to the universe. If anyone else needs to talk one-on-one about their situation or get your human design chart read, I am happy and willing to listen and guide you. I'm so grateful for you listening, finding the show and sharing it with your friends. It would give a great boost in the heart-centered algorithm to rate and review this podcast. If you are enjoying it, take a screenshot, share it on your socials, share it in a text message to a friend that you know right now needs to be pulled out of the quicksand. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. I just wanna make it last Try to let go of the past I close my eyes, embrace the blast Sleepless nights and headaches stack Restlessness to hell and back What's my purpose? What do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack And sometimes you just gotta believe There's something that'll give you relief There's something that'll have what you need What you need We're broken, it's tragic, we're not all elastic, but maybe there's magic, believe.